Welcome to the Imperfect Professional Podcast, where we have real conversations about what it looks like to run a business that fits your lifestyle. We're here to ditch perfectionism and comparison and instead create our own rules about what a perfect business looks like. I'm Shana Nacion and I'm your host. Join me and our amazing guests from all around the world for some real talk about identity, mindset, and authenticity in the small business world. Alrighty, welcome to our latest episode. I am super, super excited. I'm Shana Nacion. I am the host. Um, and today I have my friend Courtney from Courtney or from Miller Digital. Courtney Miller from Miller Digital. And she is a social media coach. She's super, super fun. And I love all of her Instagram reels. So definitely check those out when you get a chance. But Courtney is going to be joining me here today. And she's going to talk a little bit about kind of the overhaul that she's been going through within her own business and yeah. Courtney, do you want to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your business? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me, Shana. This is so exciting. And I'm so excited that you are launching a podcast. This is just <laughs> so up your alley and it's just so natural for you. So I'm super excited to be here today. <laughs> so my business is, like you said, Miller Digital. My name is Courtney Miller. So that makes complete sense putting those two together. <laughs> I am a social media coach and strategist, and I specifically help service providers learn how to DIY their own social media and content strategy. And basically what that means is when I was in the social media world for a while, I was doing social media management for other clients. And I really began to see this whole kind of world of entrepreneurs who, you know, they had the creativity, they had the smarts, they had the know-how of wanting to run their own social media because as business owners, I know, as you know, we're DIYing a lot of it ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I saw this kind of whole world of women who wanted to learn how to do it, but they just weren't sure how to put that strategy together or, you know, what social platforms they should be using or how to create content that connects with their audience. And I've always had this natural background too of loving to teach people and to coach people. And so it just kind of came together naturally to be able to say, okay, I'm going to do social media coaching now. And that's going to be basically my main bread and butter. So that's what I do now. And that is exclusively what being mainly female entrepreneurs, some men as well, but mainly females with their service businesses. That's so cool. I know. And it's such an interesting thing, you know, being in kind of a, a marketing world. I feel like everybody is so intimidated by social media because there's so much yeah. pressure out there to be on social. But then they're like, here, we're going to like throw this total like algorithm change. And oh, by the way, Instagram isn't for photos, it's for videos now. Oh, and TikTok, nobody uses TikTok anymore. And it's like, oh my God, how do you even keep up with that? So yeah, I it, feel like yeah. you have like so many insights into keeping your content relevant no matter what the algorithm is doing. <laughs> yeah, and it's so interesting you say that too because the way that social media is today is so different from what it was even two years, five years ago where a lot of it was just based on uh, photos and that was the type of content that you would be putting out there. And now it's this combination of we have audio, we have podcasts, we have video, we have reels, YouTube shorts, TikTok, Instagram reels. Everything has just become, I think for a lot of business owners, so overwhelming because nobody is a natural born content creator. And I think that's the biggest piece too that I see people when they come to me, they're like, how am I supposed to be, you know, making this high quality video or how am I supposed to be 
creating this top-notch content. And at the end of the day, I have to remind them, nobody's a natural born content creator. Nobody <laughs> knows how to, you know, operate a camera in their hand. It's just <laughs> something that we all have to learn. And that has honestly probably been the biggest shift, especially with some of the algorithm changes in the past year even, is having everybody kind of refigure out, okay, what do I really want my content to focus on? What do I really want people to be connecting with? And it's not just posting for the sake of posting, like it maybe used to be a few years back. Now it needs to be truly meaningful, engaging content. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's like kind of the perfect segue because this entire podcast was kind of like this weird brainchild because I wanted to have more conversations with my friends about like identity as a person. But then really, how does that translate into authenticity in your business? And when you do actually show up in a really like authentic and genuine way, whether it's through the content that you're creating or the services that you offer or just like how you show up on camera, what does that do for your business and what changes in that process? Because I feel like when you're running your business separately from you as a person, it's real easy to draw those boundaries. And it's not always so easy when it becomes this really authentic and true to yourself thing. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I know like for you, you came from kind of a corporate background, right? Yes, I did. I was in corporate, mainly kind of government industry for probably about 10 years or so. Completely changed gears into launching on my own and yeah a complete 180 from what I was doing before <laughs> and it's funny that you I know you and I have also spoken about this before in the sense that you have yourself as the brand as a business owner on one spectrum and then you have as a brand on the other side of the spectrum and that is a lot of the times what entrepreneurs who are just starting out that's how they feel. That's how they've been taught is you need to keep these two things separate. But now we're learning that, no, those things now need to be combined. You are your brand. You are the business owner representing your brand and being authentic and being real and being true is absolutely what people want to see. They want to see what you're doing in your day-to-day -day life. They want to know also the struggles that you're having. Whereas before, I know a lot of people were not talking about that and they were creating that picture-perfect imagery that we all see on social media that everyone's lives are perfect or their business is doing amazing. And it's, if anything, especially in this past kind of 18 months with the pandemic, people are craving realness and people are craving that authenticity and people want to know that, hey, there's somebody out there just like me who is also struggling with their business and maybe they've been in business for 10 years already, but they're going through the same things that I am going through, or maybe something they experienced when they first started out as well. So that piece yeah. of bringing it together, it's, it just seems to be growing more and more and more. And that's what I also hear from like conversations with you, with even like with my clients and their audience, it's just, everybody's craving that realness and that authenticity. Yeah. Well, and then how does that when you were kind of in the corporate world, what made you decide, you know what, I'm going to start a social media coaching business? What was like the inciting thing? <laughs> so for me, it's actually funny. My, when I graduated um, college, I had a bachelor's degree in business and my major was marketing. And my plan was, as most young millennials entering the workforce then was, 
I'm going to do this, this, and this, and I'm going to be an executive doing this and blah, 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 by the time I'm 30 and blah, 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 all those hopes and dreams. And I kind of took the easy way and so to speak, the golden handcuffs, sometimes what people call it in the sense that I got a good corporate job, had the pension, had the benefits, started to kind of make my way up the corporate ladder. And until it hit me one day that I was not happy. And I absolutely dreaded going to work every single day. And I knew that there was more that I was meant to do. And I knew that my marketing roots were always there. I'd always been trying to get into some kind of marketing or communications field, but it just didn't seem to pan out in terms of job opportunities or location. So I kind of took the bull by the horns and took a chance on kind of emailing some agencies out there and saying, hey, I'm looking, I just really want to get into the industry. What can I do? I'm ready to start kind of from the ground up. And I started working with an agency as a contractor, as a social media manager. And kind of like I said before, that after working with clients and working with different, all different types of industries, I began to see this need that people want to do it by themselves. And I loved teaching them how to do it. So basically decided to stop working as a contractor, go out on my own. And that was February of 2020. So basically right before the whole world shut down. (laughs) Yes. And that has been a massive shift in itself, transitioning to building your own business and dealing with the challenges that came along with that. But honestly, a lot of it too, if I didn't have my corporate background, if I didn't have that sense of that discipline, that leadership, I definitely wouldn't be where I was today either because I did have a lot of people that were supporting me when I decided to go out on my own, which I know not a lot of people get, but I was very fortunate that way. I love that. And it's such a cool idea. Like for me, I know you and I are both kind of on the introvert side of things. And like for me, it never even occurs to me that if I want to learn how to do something, I can like ask people how to do it. And like, it's so cool. We Google it, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, okay, well, how do I do this thing? Let me just pull out my device that's not going to try and like talk about the weather or have any kind of like emotional input in what I'm saying. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can just ask the robots. But it's so cool that you had that kind of support system and that you even like had the courage to say, hey, can you help me out with this? Because I feel like that's something that holds a lot of people back is like, They don't want to admit to the people that they look up to that they don't have all the answers yet. But really, if you don't have the answers, there's so much potential for growth and there's so much potential for learning. Do you feel like as a coach, you see the same kind of thing is that people are just afraid to ask for help? I think it's that. And I think they're also afraid, interestingly enough, they're afraid that they're going to ask questions that are either going to be perceived as they're dumb or they don't know what they're doing and they're kind of afraid of being judged that way. And I think that's sometimes why some people struggle is because they don't want people to think on the other side of the screen that you're struggling with something so much or that you, yes, it might look like you have the perfect website or the perfect brand, but maybe you really have no idea what you're doing and you're slapping it together or you've got somebody doing it for you and you were kind of afraid to admit that or you're afraid to announce that hey I needed help with this too yeah that's a lot of the things I find when my clients even when we're in our meetings together some of them 
say, oh, this might sound like a stupid question, but, and I always say, there's no stupid questions. You don't know what you don't know. And that even goes for me too, beyond marketing, when it comes to other business operations, like when it comes to like finance or accounting, I'm like, heck, I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> here. Can somebody explain it to me, please? <laughs> yeah. No, that that is real. Like I always tell people, because people will tell me, oh, I love that you have such organized spreadsheets. And I'm like, really? The only reason I have such organized spreadsheets is because I hate doing math. And so I only want to do it once when I set up my spreadsheet and then never have to do the math again. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so right. It's the exact same with me. Do it once <laughs> and then forget about it so that I don't have to touch it again. Yeah. And it will take me, it will be a struggle to get through it that first time. You know, set that system up or whatever it is. But, but yeah, it's to make our lives easier in the end. Yeah. And then it's, of course, the thing of like, two years later, you're looking at that spreadsheet and you're like, okay, what did I even put in here? How did I build this thing? I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> what does this formula mean? Yeah. How do I copy <laughs> this over? Yes. Oh my God. So one thing that I thought was really interesting, we did the last episode and it turns out, um, the girl that I was interviewing, she was talking about how when she was like six years old, she started her first quote unquote business. And she was like, as a working as a consultant for what kind of pet you should get. I know it's like the most adorable idea of like asking a six-year-old, hey, what kind of pet do I need in my lifestyle, you know? But now having that conversation with her, now I want to ask every guest, like when you were a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? And like, did that change over time or what? <laughs> it's kind of, it's funny you say that because I always had, there was kind of two clear cut things for me. When I was a kid, I always wanted to be a writer. I always wanted to be like a best-selling author. I wanted to write novels. I was always creative. I was always writing. Thing was the perfect kind of model student for that. And then as I got a little bit older, it kind of shifted a bit. And I decided, no, I want to be a teacher. And I wanted to get my like Bachelor of Education. And I wanted to be a teacher. And then kind of when it came to high school, I realized, you know what, I really, I like the business world. I had seen growing up, my parents, my family, friends, I had both kind of the influence of people who were in both corporate worlds and in entrepreneurship roles. And I decided I'm really liking this marketing thing that is out there. This seems like this is really me because it's, it's very creative. And like this is, we're talking 2006, seven is when I kind of was debating this. So there's no social media yet, but I knew that this advertising, marketing, print ads, graphic design, that's all really cool. And so for me, when social media started to really grow and then this whole idea of now there needs to be somebody who manages your social media for you. And now there's this title that's called a content creator. And oh my gosh, you can get paid to do this. Like it just kind of became this aha moment of this is what I've always wanted to do with my life. I get to combine what I want, what I wanted to do when I was younger of writing and that love of that, and then combine it now with this teaching aspect and doing this mentoring, coaching, whatever you want to call it. It's just, it's all kind of naturally come together and I don't think that that's a role if you told me when I was, you know, six years old, <laughs> hey, you're going to be a social media coach. What does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. What does that word cool. mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting. Like 
for you, it sounds like you had this kind of ingrained desire and these ingrained skills and you were drawn to this thing. And then the world just kind of was like, oh, you want that as a job? Well, here. And it just like made this environment where it's perfect and you can like have a consistent and solid income doing that. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting, too, because like I always knew I always kind of had this little inkling in the back of my head. And especially once I graduated college of I want to have my own business one day. I never knew what it was. I never like had a clear cut vision. I always just knew I wanted to have a business and I wanted to have that be my main source. That might be my main job as I grew, but I never knew what it was. So when that opportunity kind of finally fell together, yeah, it was that big, oh my gosh, this is what I could do for a living. There's other people doing it too that are successful and this is only going to continue to grow. Like, quite honestly, I don't see social media ever disappearing. I know a lot of people say, yes, the big conglomerates can shut down tomorrow, but there will always be somebody else that creates something. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, in terms of that, hopefully it will always be something that I am proud to do and that I love to do. Yeah, that is so cool. Okay, so I know you and I have been kind of talking about this behind the scenes for a while now, but you've been going through an upheaval in your business, right? Yeah. Can you tell us like the story behind that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of like I said, when I launched my business, it was February 2020. I was like ready to go. Let's do this. Let's launch. And Basically, as soon as that happened, pandemic hit. So for about the first eight months, it was very much just me trying to establish myself as a business owner online, trying to make as many connections as possible with other people online. That's how you and I met. Mm-hmm. And for the first eight months or so, I was making no money because people were not spending marketing dollars. People were not wanting to take any kind of risk of investment because a lot of people were losing money, which is completely fair. And then things started to really pick up and I was getting really excited saying, yes, oh my gosh, this is happening. I can do this. Things started to get really busy to the point where I got quite overwhelmed with the amount of work that was coming my way. So much so that I forgot on the back end to work on certain things like promoting myself or consistently coming, talking with new leads coming in. So by the time I finished working with a lot of those clients, everything had stopped. Like my actual funnel had stopped. I had no leads. I remember being like, I haven't posted on social media in two weeks. And that is just horrible for me to be, you know, somebody (laughs) who preaches and does this for a living. (laughs) And, And for quite a while, then I had that, I think, big kind of, piece that everyone goes through of that imposter syndrome or self-doubt, whatever you want to call it. And I just really kind of fell into the state of feeling sorry for myself and feeling like, oh my gosh, this is not going to work. This is a disaster. Really trying and guessing absolutely everything I was saying or doing or posting or launching. And it was really hard. So I decided that, okay, I need to step back. I need to do a complete kind of overhaul and look at what's working, what's not. Because honestly, it was like that phrase of I was throwing spaghetti at the wall, just trying anything (laughs) that worked, trying any kind of like price point with it, 
and just seeing what would happen just for the sake of the fact that I just, I needed to work with people. I needed to get clients. And it kind of came from that set of panic, right? Like you, you got bills to pay and it just came from that sense of panic and not the sense of, is this truly what I want to do? Or is this truly what I want to offer? So the whole summer I took a step back. I worked with a business coach and we completely like from the ground up overhauled everything. And not just when it comes to like service offerings, but everything within me internally that I had been struggling with. So leadership skills, things that I had been taught in the corporate world, unraveling all of that and trying to apply it to what I was doing now, it did not, it was not the same anymore. So it was learning to create those own leadership skills, creating different avenues of what works best with me and my style of interacting with people. And it kind of, I know I added about this before too, is I absolutely hated doing sales calls. And she was like, well, why are you doing that? And I said, oh, because everyone else is telling you to do that. And it was taking away that piece of what I should be doing because that's what all the the gurus or the experts out there are telling you versus what is it that I actually want to do and so instead of doing sales calls now it's more talking in the dms on instagram or it's showing up on a friend's podcast or on a friend's (laughs) webinar of some kind because it's more of a natural easy process for me personally than having a complete cold call, so to speak. That was just kind of one example, but it was a lot mentally to go through and a lot to really rediscover in myself and kind of figure out why you are the way you are and how you were built and going through the people-pleasing aspects that I'd always had my whole life or that constant, you know, the anxiety that starts to come from being a business owner and I need to do this and I need to do that. And oh my gosh, I got to add this to my list and just constantly working without taking a step back and to rest mindfully. That was probably the biggest piece is how to take a step back and recognize when I am getting in my thoughts, when I am getting too much in my head and taking a step back and focusing on the things that can help me recharge, that can help me reset. And so that was a very, very, if I, my business coach will tell you, I fought nice for the first few sessions because I was answering questions that nobody had ever asked me. And it was basically this whole, it was a rebirth. It's kind of a, a weird spiritual feeling. And I'm not anybody like, I'm very like, oh, this is very too woo woo for me. But <laughs> if it was absolutely what I needed and since going through that then it's just been it's it shifted my business in the way that I now think the way that I talk to others the way that I present myself the way that even I interact with my clients and it's been a huge shift because anybody will tell you the first three years in business is going to be your make or break Mm -hmm. and that was the piece where I, had, I think, realized I either need to change something or I need to take a step back from it or I need to shut this down completely. And I was just not sure which way to go anymore. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a shift. It's been a change. It's been huge. 
but it's been such an amazing transformation for me personally and my business. Yeah. Well, and you touched on so many things. I love all the different pieces of this transformation that you brought up. And I want to go back and like dissect them all. But, you know, first, what strikes me from all of that is like how fucking self-aware you are. And that's so amazing because, yeah. And it's like, even as you're explaining all this to me, you're self-aware enough to be like, oh yeah, it started out and I hated it. And I was like biting my coach tooth and nail and I didn't want to do it. And like, I feel like there's so much that comes with, you know, running a business. And like you said, you're chasing after this thing and you feel like you have this should and this other should and like all these pieces that everybody is telling you, you need to put together in some weird amalgamation that somehow resembles a business. And yet you're over there like, okay, but none of this feels good to me. And just that self-awareness that it's not you that's wrong. It's the system that's wrong. Something needs to change. And like, you know, what you said of it's a make or break situation from what you're telling me, it kind of sounds like, yes, it's a make or break situation. But even if it breaks, there's a rebirth that can happen after it breaks, because sometimes what breaks is the stuff that just needs to go away. And what you're left with is the stuff that's actually worth your time. Is that kind of what it feels like? Absolutely worth your time. That is 100% on the money. And that self-awareness piece also came from a lot of realizing I was doing things that made no sense or I was spending too much time focusing on the little things that didn't really matter. And I wasn't focusing on the bigger picture things. I was too in my head, too focused on making sure that my images were perfect on my website or making sure that I had all things were grammatically correct in a social media post. (laughs) And because as a recovering perfectionist, that is something (laughs) that you always are focusing on. So it took away those times from being the, the visionary or being the leader in your business. And a lot of that, I think, also just came to from being in such a business background, being more in that administrative role, that was just naturally ingrained within me. So to be able to shift it, step into more of a leadership aspect, thinking like a CEO, thinking about the vision, that was what I had to basically relearn in, within myself. That's so interesting. It was, it's a big, it's a big change. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs can that, especially you've completely shifted roles, no matter what it is in life. And I think, I mean, such a big piece to go with that too, is a lot of people think that, and this might be going off on a different tangent here, but (laughs) a lot of people define themselves by what their job role is or that's what they think they are or that's what they think they should be and that is so not true you can do whatever you want you're not defined by that yeah no I love that so much and you're totally right we are taught to like have an elevator pitch of like who we are as business Mm -hmm. owners and what we do and it's useful it's not that that isn't a useful skill to have but at the end of the day you are more than just your elevator pitch and like There's that self-awareness piece that it's not just about being able to define yourself, but it's also about being able to say what you're not, you know, that's yes, whole context piece. (laughs) And what you're not. Yeah, that's so crucial too. And to setting those boundaries for yourself and for your business Mm -hmm. and realizing what I'm not going to do or what does not make me feel good. 
And what does make me feel good? And how can I convey this in my messaging to my audience and even to my clients? Yeah. Those have have nots. And I know like for you, one thing for you is you're very mindful of when you're looking at your emails and what, and you tell your clients that straight out, like it's in your email (laughs) signature. And I love that because that is setting that boundary from day one. Yeah. Well, and that's, it's such an interesting thing too, because you talk about being a recovering people pleaser and I really struggle with that one. And so bringing up the, the email signature thing, I do put in there, you can expect a reply within 48 hours, blah, blah, blah. And it's as much for myself as it is for my clients. I'm setting those boundaries with them, but I'm reminding myself, you don't need to reply to this right now because I see my email signature. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, okay, don't do it right now. I have 48 hours. I can set it aside and not think about it. And it's the boundary setting process. It goes both ways. It's holding yourself accountable and holding the people that you're setting those boundaries with accountable too. So, yeah. Because if you don't respect yourself with those boundaries, your clients or anybody else that you work with are not going to respect you either. Yeah, for sure. So when we're talking about these things like the discovery call and not doing sales calls and instead just focusing on DMs and like taking your time with it and all that stuff, what other strategies or techniques or just like what does your work life look like now that you've kind of made this shift to be like, you know what, I'm going to do whatever the fuck feels right for me and I'm not going to give into the pressure. So like when you look at other people's businesses, what do you notice about your own business that's different now? Well, funny enough, the number one thing I stopped doing was looking at other people's businesses and Uh stopped comparing myself to what somebody else in the same industry was doing because I found that that really started to play a toll on my mental health. And then that comparison factor came in. So the biggest thing for me, honestly, was to put blinders on and just look at what's on my plate, what's on my calendar, what am I focusing on, making a clear map and goals of what's, what am I doing for the next month quarter? Because quite honestly, I never really had that because as a new business, I was just flying by the seat of my pants, hoping that (laughs) thinking, okay, these big picture business strategies, that's more for like corporate businesses or people that have lots of employees. That's not just for little old me, but absolutely not. And so that's the one thing shifted is focusing on the long-term goals and focusing on me and turning a blind eye to those around me. And being more authentic, I think, which we've talked about before, showing up in a way that I know my audience can relate to. So yeah, that might be popping into my Instagram stories and I'm not wearing makeup or I'm like still in my pajamas because entrepreneur life. And, or maybe it's me just being kind of honest with people and saying, hey, sometimes I am not the best person to practice what I preach. Maybe I've had a really busy week too. And I want you to know that I feel I go through the same struggles as you, or I'm going through the same emotions that you might be dealing with as well. And I think that's the biggest piece is just trying to step into relating more to my audience and focusing on how am I connecting with them? Because ultimately, My goal is to work with people that are also a direct reflection of who you are as yourself or who you want to be friends with. 
And that has been my biggest shift in not just targeting kind of anybody and anyone just for the sake of trying to start a business. It's very focused now. It's very specific. And I do have a set of tasks that I follow on a daily basis now saying, okay, I need to make sure that I focus on these really big three key things that I'm that are going to move my business forward versus those little things that I was spending a whole lot of time on before. Yeah. Just kind of getting lost in the weeds, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So honestly, it's, yeah, been keeping just focused on me, myself, and I. I love that. And it's yeah. such an interesting thing because I feel like, for me, I'm a very competitive person. And I know it sounds, I don't know, I feel like it sounds a little asshole-ish. But <laughs> for me, I love looking at what other people are doing and then try to do it better. And it's not because like of anything personal. It's just that I see something and I'm like, oh, I would love to do that. But what could make it even cooler or what would make it even more like what I do or anything like that? And so absolutely, I always forget about like the kind of pressure that it puts on you. If you aren't driven by that kind of like weird, unnecessary level of competition, then yeah, it can feel super and I, I know I get imposter syndrome too. I'm not saying that I don't, but like that feeling of looking at what somebody else is doing and immediately there's a subconscious shift that can happen where it's like, they're doing something different. Does that mean I'm doing something wrong? And I love that mm -hmm. you pointed out mm -hmm. that like putting blinders on and focusing on what you're doing, it doesn't just help you, but it helps your audience as well. Like that's definitely something I notice with your content is that I look at what you're putting out there and I feel like you and I are friends. I don't mean we are friends, but it's still. I like so. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I look at you and I go, oh yeah, I love talking with Courtney. Every time I talk with Courtney, I always feel like I just had a blast. I've never met you in person. We live in different countries. Like we couldn't be further away, basically. <laughs> exactly. and yet, I know. It's like you're up there in Canada and I'm like at an island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And so it's like a very beautiful island. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but this feeling of being able to look around me and not just feel like I need to be competing with what everybody else is doing, but also feeling like I have friends out there who are willing to be themselves that I can connect with as peers. That's something that's really, I feel, lacking. It's Yes, you can have that competitive drive, but you can also have friends who push you to do better and who say that you're good exactly the way you are. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's also such a key piece that us as, I think, especially, you know, women entrepreneurs, we need to be building and supporting each other. We need to have that kind of that tribe or that posse of other women entrepreneurs supporting you, lifting you. Yeah. The, just you say you're a competitive person. And I think I totally under absolutely look at things. You think, oh yeah, I can make that better or I'm just going to change it like this. So it's like more me or fits to me. And the piece I find too is I then get competitive with myself and then I'm trying to outdo okay what was Courtney a year from now doing and how can I be better than her then and that's the piece sometimes that you have to tell yourself to stop because that puts a whole other level of pressure on top of it yeah. that I definitely felt I needed to stop 
doing and stop being so like in my head all the time. That self-awareness piece, it was too much and it was damaging me. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like self-awareness is one of those, you know, double-edged swords or whatever. It's like on the one hand, yes, you're very aware of what you can do to improve. But on the other hand, there's like that shame and that guilt that comes along with admitting that you should, not should, should is the wrong word, but that you want to be different and yet you're not different yet, I guess. Yeah, that's so good. Man, shame. It's a real thing. <laughs> do you feel like being in social media coaching, it would be more difficult than if you were in some other industry to kind of get outside of that superficialness? Oh, that is a really good question. I think probably a bit. Yeah, because it is such a, a lot of people say, you know, it's a vain industry, so to speak. And there are a lot of people out there nowadays who will just say, okay, yeah, I'm a social media manager, but they have no real education behind it or experience behind it. And which is fine. Absolutely. People can learn how to do those things. But another type of industry, I think it maybe would be different because I wouldn't be consistently looking at what are the peers who are the top experts talking about around me too. Or I'm just thinking about if you're in some kind of like really boring industry, <laughs> I, would I look around and be like, oh gosh, I need to be better than this person or that person? <laughs> I don't know. It's, I always think it back to when people are talking about trying to be the best or trying to be like an industry leader. And at the end of the day, everybody has a different job role for a reason because everybody's different in some way like yes there's thousands of accountants out there there's thousands of realtors out there but it's what you do that makes you different mm -hmm. and that comparison factor yeah it might still probably be there but honestly i probably don't think it would be there as much if i wasn't in the industry that i'm in hmm. and i think a lot of it too is because marketing sales can get a really bad rap and can get you know, there's, there are some really type of bullying tactics or just not very ethical practices that I do see other doing out there that I think is probably more often to happen in this industry because it's not as regulated, so to speak. That makes sense. So when you talk about like this whole reframe that you went through and getting away from, I'm going to work with everybody just so I can, you know, make the money I need to make. And instead, you're like focusing on working with people who are kind of more closely aligned with your values and your kind of your dream clients. Who are those people for you? Absolutely. So a lot of them are already established entrepreneurs. They've had a business maybe for a few years already. Maybe they started it six months ago or so, but they already have a business. They've been doing posting for a while and they're being extremely they're overwhelmed. They're stressed out. They are consistently confused by things like algorithm changes or how often they need to be posting or what platforms they should be on in the first place. And it's really about coming in and teaching them how to empower themselves and how to be confident with their own strategies, knowing that they can do it by themselves. So, a lot of the women that I work with, they're so smart and they're so they get it, like they understand 
how the social media game or how the social media strategy works, so to speak. They just don't know how do I implement this or how does this, how do I make this work for my business? And service providers, man, they are one of the hardest working people because they, I mean, as you know, you and me in that <laughs> industry, we have to sell ourselves. We're not just like taking a picture of a product we created and posting that. We're selling ourselves, which you tangibly always show in an image. Yeah. And that is the biggest piece that I see a lot of them struggling with. They're overwhelmed. They're confused. They don't know how to talk about themselves. And that's my ideal client are those types of women, those types of service providers. That's super cool. Yeah. I feel like as somebody who's been in that position myself, I mean, my coping mechanism is probably pretty different than what you teach your clients because for me at least I just have to say fuck it and just like put something out there and then just be okay with like any feelings of shame or guilt or like self what do you call it self-criticism that comes yeah. along with this I just kind of have to like I tell people I just kind of have to word vomit and then move on with my life and deal with whatever consequences come from that but like that having that confidence is I can't say that I have that confidence. I say that I just try not to let the shame eat away at me. But apparently that's, I don't know, akin to self-confidence, let's say. <laughs> well, you could have fooled me, Shana, because a lot of your content that I see, I'm like, wow, she just gets it. Like, this is, wow, she's really fought this out. Or even when I watch or when I watch your reels, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so funny. You're so relatable right now. So you kind of <laughs> fooled me. So that self-confidence aspect, I would assume is there. But again, kind of goes back to the whole picture of what you see on social media isn't necessarily sure what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's absolutely the one thing I do want to mention too is like everyone does go through those seasons in their life, in their month, in their week where you do have it all figured out and maybe you do have your content planned. Maybe you've got everything written. Maybe you do have your reels recorded in advance. And then there are other weeks where you just have no clue what's going on because you have not taken that time to prepare or you haven't recorded, you haven't content batched, you haven't, don't have any images whatsoever. Mm -hmm. That is completely normal. Not every single week's going to be perfect. Not every single month's going to be perfect. And heck, I still have those weeks myself. And that is completely normal. <laughs> yeah. First off, thank you for the compliment. It's such an interesting one too, because like you said, everything is kind of a season and I feel like we have this, I don't know. I feel like we have this pressure to feel like we need to control the seasons, right? Instead of kind of flowing with mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And so that's kind of where my fuck it attitude comes in handy is like, I have to just make peace with the fact that I'm not going to be able to control whatever this is shaping out to be I can just react to it or I can you know manage it after something is happening but I can't overthink it I can't plan everything because I'm a I'm a like compulsive planner when it comes to things and so I have to just stop myself from doing that and just figure it out on the way but yeah you're totally right that season of like sometimes your self-confidence is up here and sometimes your self-confidence is down here and it's just going to kind of be a wave and you have to be okay with that and like give yourself some compassion, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And like entrepreneurship in itself is such waves. And I think that was the thing too. That was the big lesson for me is 
there's going to be seasons where you're going to have income and then you're not, and then you are, and then you're not. And you'll start to learn those cycles. You'll start to learn how that goes and be mindful of when happen to make sure that you are taking that time to still rest, focus, plan, because you know that busy season's coming where you're going to have that, yeah, screw this attitude. <laughs> Reacting instead of being proactive. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So when you made this whole shift in your business to lean into the authenticity and to not apologize for doing things differently and to just kind of be more true to yourself, what have you seen change? Because we kind of talked about what's changed in your business, but what have you seen change in your life because you made that decision? Well, it's been kind of more, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, then tough shit. So <laughs> it's been great in the sense that I will get more comments or maybe more messages from people saying, oh my gosh, I can relate to this too. Or this is totally me as well. Those kind of relatability comments but it's also kind of I think just projected in terms of how I also present myself to people in person mm -hmm. and having more of that confidence I think when I'm talking to people and feeling that shift because if you are confident or if you at least act confident people are going to believe that right mm -hmm. and I definitely think it's in my day-to-day -day has definitely shifted my my life my business kind of flow throughout the day and sometimes too it's been it's been really really great because I've seen a huge connection of local entrepreneurs or online entrepreneurs that have wanted to connect more and just having more of those real authentic conversations and seeing that other people are going through the exact same thing that has been probably the biggest like internal shift for me personally is knowing, okay, I wasn't alone in this. <laughs> and other people are going through it too. And it's, yeah, it's just, and seeing how people react when you are just your true self out there, not yeah. hiding behind that screen anymore. That's super cool. I love that, you know, kind of acknowledgement that yes, you're in the social media industry, but you also have these relationships outside of social media and you like take the lessons that you learn running your business online out into the real world. And that's super cool. Especially now, you know, after the pandemic, I feel like there's not necessarily as many outlets for getting out there into the real world anymore. So that's super interesting that you're able to kind of use your work as an incubator and then translate it into your life and be like, I can talk to people confidently when I see them in person. <laughs> yeah. And that's been a really um, big shift for me because I was not able to do that for the first year and a bit of my business. Now I'm actually going, seeing people in person, talking at events, networking, that whole side of the business, it was never there. And it's been really great to tap into that finally and to be able to speak one-on-one -on -one with people instead of them maybe misinterpreting words that they're reading on a post or on your website or even through a 30-second reel. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. When you have that kind of limit of like brevity, it's hard to really get to the meat and potatoes of like building connections with people and like making sure you're on the same page about what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's super interesting. Okay, cool. Well, I don't want to make this go on forever. I feel like you and I could just keep talking about the same thing. Talk about everything. 
two hours. I know every time we get on a call, I'm just like, oh yeah, but what about this? Oh, and what about that other thing? Oh, and what about this? So last kind of thing I want to talk to you about is for people who are in that same position of feeling overwhelmed and feeling like your business doesn't feel like you anymore. What would you say, how would you describe that feeling so people know when it's time to make a change? And then follow-up question, when they know it's time to make a change, what are the first steps and the advice that you have for them? Oh, so that's good. So knowing the feeling, first of all, that might be where you get to the point that you don't want to work on your business every day or the thought of logging into your website or logging onto your emails or logging onto your social media gives you anxiety or gives you a bit of stress. And when you start to disconnect yourself completely, that's when you need to realize that shift is happening. Or when you recognize that there are those thoughts that might come into your head of, I'm not good enough, or this isn't working, or I'm not like so-and-so, or I'm not where I thought I would be. Those types of thoughts, if you are consistently, consistently doing that to yourself, that's when you need to recognize that you need to make a change somehow. You need to make that shift. And to make that shift, I can say is do not do it alone. Ask for help. Reach out to others. If you, I, if you can't afford to work with somebody who's going to help you, to your business friends because they will absolutely be there to support you, to help you, to give you those pieces of advice, or at least to reassure you that you're not alone in this. We've gone through this too. Here's what I found helpful, or here's something that you might find might help you within your business. The biggest piece is do not do it alone. Find somebody who is going to recognize what you're going through is going to help you with that whether that is through the form of a business coach whether that's through your friends whether that is through maybe some kind of networking community or maybe there's like an entrepreneurship community within your area finding that help is really what is going to leverage yourself because nobody can do it all alone <laughs> i believe me i tried <laughs> it doesn't work that way yeah I love that, that so much. And it's like, yeah, thank you so much. I think that that's such an important reminder, especially for people like me, because I am the kind of person who would try to do it all alone and just mm -hmm. be like, I'm going to do the hell out of this. But it's such a, it's such an important piece. Like you said, having that validation that you're not the only person going through it is so much of that journey. I think not just like the nuts and bolts of how you shift your business, but the emotional components and the self-doubt that can come along with that, I think, is a big thing to try and tackle. And it's yeah, impossible to tackle on your own. <laughs> and the one thing, too, that the biggest takeaway, actually, also that my business coach had also said to me that I think would be a lot of value to other people, too, is your business and you are not the same in the sense of the results itself. What you're trying is not a failure on you yourself as a person. It's just a strategy you tried within your business that's not working. That doesn't mean that you yourself are a failure. And that for me, I always took it so personally and so much as a failure because I was like, this is my baby, right? Like this is my fried. But disassociating it from yourself from it that way and thinking of it instead as a, from a leader perspective, from a visionary perspective, okay that thing didn't work. Let's move on to the next one. 
doesn't mean I'm a failure. We're just going to try a new strategy. That was the biggest piece for me too. That totally makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's hard, you know, especially in a, in a creative industry to put your work out there and not have it feel tied to your self-worth. It's a really Mm -hmm. difficult like boundary to reinforce. And I think like, for me, my coping mechanism for that is like trying to embody as much of the identity of adaptability as possible. So then what I'm doing is rewarding myself for pivoting from things that aren't working for me. And I'm like, yes, you're doing good by leaving the thing that isn't working that you tried. And then I'm like, okay, I can feel like I can pat myself on the back a little bit because I'm, I'm an adaptive person instead of. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And you're recognizing that and recognizing the shift or the pivot that needs to happen. Yeah. That recognition in itself is such a valuable tool that a lot of people need to um, tap into sometimes. Yeah. Alrighty. So what is next for you in terms of the business? Are you doing anything that's exciting or are you making more of a campaign to take naps and take some time away from all the hard work? (laughs) Yes. Naps. Love a good nap. (laughs) So for 2022, that is a great question because I just kind of went through my whole planning process. (laughs) I have always wanted to create a digital course of some kind you and I have talked about this a lot it's always kind of been my main my uh my goal and that will definitely be happening in 2022 there's some behind the stuff things that have already been in the works for that hoping spring uh 2022 and more coaching one-on-ones that is absolutely what I'm still focusing on is my Instagram superstar coaching my scale your socials coaching those are the biggest piece of my bread and butter. I'm also launching something locally here with a fantastic business partner where we are going to be doing live in-person workshops and events oh, with nice. local entrepreneurs. So very excited. We are launching that actually tomorrow at the time of this recording. And that is all the docket for 2022. I'm loving, loving, loving working with one-on-one entrepreneurs. So that is going to continue to be my goal for 2022. And I think in terms of not so much personal, what's in the future part, but yeah, personally is taking more time for myself and recognizing that it's okay to take time off because I know a lot of the time as business owners, we don't think we deserve it or we can. So it's mindfully stepping away from the business, not checking the emails as much, setting those boundaries as we talked about as well. And just being me, that's my biggest goal for 2022 is to just be me and be unapologetic about it. Love that. And it's so great that you like separated out. Oh, yeah, this is the work stuff that we're doing for 2022. And then this is what I'm working on personally, because I was about to ask you that, too. I was like, oh, thank God she like said it. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Because something I've learned is, yes, you need to get in touch with your own feelings, which is something I very much did not want to do. But now I'm very into it. (laughs) Yeah. No, when I first approached you about the podcast and I said, I know that like, you're working through a lot of like uncomfortable stuff and would you be willing to share the uncomfortable side of it and you're like you know what part of this process is that I'm learning to be uncomfortable and be okay with that being comfortable (laughs) being uncomfortable that's my new jam I love it that's so good all right well thank you so much go ahead and plug like where can people find you how can they get involved and all that stuff 
Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for having me today. This has been awesome. This has been amazing. So proud of you for doing this. So people can find me. My website is millerdigital.ca. Easiest way to also find me is on Instagram and that's courtney.millerdigital. I'm also on TikTok. Those are my two favorite places to hang out. So send me a DM, give me a follow. I'd love to chat with anybody who wants to talk all things social. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Courtney. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for hanging with us on another episode of the Imperfect Professional Podcast. This podcast is hosted by me, Shana Nacion. Audio editing is by Cassie McFarlane. Theme music is by my brother, Maluhia Music. And special thanks to all of our incredible guests who are willing to share their stories and support this project. If you'd like to share the story behind your business, send us an email at info at imperfectpod.com or send me a DM on Instagram at Shana Nacion Design. If you're interested in advertising with us, you can send us an email too. That's info at imperfectpod.com. We'll see you soon.